0: All right, well, I invite you guys to unmute as uh, because this is a conversational sermon, um, and Lorinda is going to be my main conversation partner, but um, it's great for you guys to be in on that as well. <clears throat> uh, before we dive into our text for today, um, just I was Just thinking of, like, as followers of Jesus, as his disciples, the people who are seeking to be led by him, uh, Jesus calls us to do things and to uh, stop doing things. And the things that he calls us to do are are meant to move us toward life, and the things that we're uh, to stop doing are meant to move us uh, away from death. So often um, the conversation is spun in sort of moral right and wrong terms, black and white, Uh, but really when Jesus is talking about it, it's really more life and death than uh, right and wrong sort of things. Um, So when you think of some of the things that Jesus calls us to do, that move us towards life as followers of Jesus, what are some of those things? Just chime in. What are some of the things Jesus calls us to do? To love one another. Oh, okay. Love one another. Okay. Yeah.
1: Be in fellowship with uh, one another.
0: Be in fellowship. Okay. Help one another. Help one another Julio says, "It's good."
1: Love the God with all our mind, soul, and heart. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, love our enemies. Do good to those who abuse you. Pray for those who persecute you. Forgive those who have sinned against you. Yeah. So what are what are some of the things that come to mind when you think of things that Jesus tells us to stop doing? Has Jesus ever told you to stop doing anything? Lorinda <laughs> says, heck yeah. <laughs> Okay, but not here, I don't. We'll have that conversation later. (laughs) Um, According to the church guidelines, the person speaking doesn't need to be.
2: So Jesus told me to stop gambling.
0: Okay, Lorena says Jesus told her to stop gambling. That's right. Well, you guys can't think of anything else that Jesus told us to stop doing? Is, are you serious? <laughs> I, I have a sermon series coming up.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably maybe to stop like judging people for their actions.
0: Oh, dang it. You jumped right to my conclusions, Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's things like stop killing. Stop hating people in your heart. Um, don't commit adultery. He said, don't, don't get divorced.
1: Don't get caught, so caught up in the rules that you can't see what's what's good, like healings on the Sabbath day.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as, as, uh, as Emmanuel pointed out, one of the things on Jesus' list of things not to do is our passage today, which is uh, from Matthew chapter 7, uh, which is, um, Judge not... that you won't be judged for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye." So, so Jesus <clears throat> says, you know, in the midst of all the things that he's uh, telling us that we shouldn't do, that things that lead towards death, uh, one of them is, is this thing about judging, right? So judging, sometimes judging feels like it's a very hidden thing, like until, until it comes out in maybe hateful or harsh words towards one another, it's actually very much of an interior um, sort of sin and action, but but it seems like these days uh, it's everywhere. Has people noticed that? Has, any, has anybody noticed? Come on, unmute people. Just keep your things unmuted. Let's have a conversation here. Does a- <laughs> <laughs> anybody notice? Yeah,
1: noticed that. I noticed that. Yeah, with all in the with the, the prior election, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it seems like particularly if you're on any any avenue of social media and you you post anything, but particularly anything that has an opinion, uh, your feed below that is going to have all sorts of um, pushback and judgment. Um, We judge one another only based on the information that we're seeing. It doesn't actually take into the whole picture of the individual, what might be going on in in their head and their heart, led them to do this thing. But we're really quick. We're really quick to judge. So I'm going to ask Lorinda to come up here. I'm going to ask her. Stand up close there, Lorinda. So, um, you know, why do you think people, what does it look like to judge and why do you think people do that?
2: Well, (laughs) so um, when Pastor Mike asked me to read this passage, I really tried to take a look and and do some deep thought and thinking and research about this. And one of the first things that came to mind is um, the nature versus nurture. Um, I grew up in a home where I remember as a child, you know, coming out to the kitchen and hearing my mom and dad talk about oh, you know, so-and-so did this, or so-and-so's an alcoholic, and they don't know it, and you know, just a a conversation of judgment of others, and so I was raised in a house where that was okay. That seemed like the norm, um, which, you know, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that, and um, then you put on top of that when I grew up, and my addiction to drugs and that whole lifestyle. um, Obviously, there was a huge part of me um, that was missing. So maybe I I didn't have a connection with God. Um, I didn't know Jesus. Um, I was raised where, you know, a lot of judgment, Um, in conversations about people, which leads to gossiping, which leads to arguing, which leads to people not speaking to each other, um, and then hate, and all kinds of stuff that happens as a result of, you know, being um, in that judgmental state of mind. So I think it's a really important thing to look at, and, you know, just the whole history of the other thing I thought about is, like, in the Bible times, you know, like, we compartmentalize things, you know, like, different groups of people, you know, the low people on the totem pole, were, which were the sheep herders, and, you know, the kings and the queens and the Pharisees, and and um, there's always judgment about those groups of people, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um So why, why do you, what are some of the reasons? And again, asking people out there, uh, why do you think people judge? Where does that, where does that come from inside of us? Anybody have a sense of where that comes from? Like why, why do we judge? Are you, are you aware of that in yourself? Where does that come from? Like for me, I know from fear beer
2: okay from a place of excuse me a place of like um not being comfortable with yourself like not um feeling inadequate yourself so you want to make somebody else feel like like you're better than somebody and and that's why we judge sometimes
0: yeah yeah so there's a there's a way of uh, i'm building myself up um by putting someone else down yeah,
1: from from differences and not similar similarities. OK. Different.
0: OK. And maybe feeling a particular way about those differences.
1: Right. As a, within a group more so as well.
0: Yeah, you saw that in First uh, Corinthians 12, where Paul's talking about the, the gifts of the spirit and immediately people go to comparisons of, oh, I don't have that gift, so maybe I'm not as good as that person, or I've got this gift, and, and you don't, which means I'm better than you. Like It just seems like there's something inherently in our sin nature that that measures and compares, and judges. You know? I, know, I know, like, for me growing up, uh, it wasn't, I, I knew very early on it wasn't safe for me to have a, an opinion that uh, was different than my dad's. Um, he was, he was a very powerful arguer and a, just a very powerful person and didn't feel safe to have a different opinion. And so my way of, um, I didn't feel uh, empowered by him, so I, my way of getting power back was internally I judged him. I judged his opinion as wrong. I judged him as um, being a jerk or, or being abusive or, or whatever. That was how I got power back. That's how I took control back that I felt was taken away from me. Uh, sometimes I think that's where judgment comes from. Yeah. There, there also seems to be, uh, an, for me, actually, an addictive quality to it. Like when you think of addiction as, as uh, where I go to to soothe myself or to comfort myself or to feel better when I don't feel good over here, um, judgment is a is a really quick fix for me. It's really, I, I can take a, a quick hit off of that. Uh, really easily yeah. So Jesus um, specifically targets his followers about this and yet When you when you ask maybe the the person on the street or maybe what you even read in the media or hear uh, about Christians uh, people might say that Christians are the most judgmental people that they know and and uh, You know, this year I've been uh, one of the albums that I've been listening to a lot has been Kanye West's Jesus is King. And I don't know if that surprises you or not. I see Andrew laughing when I say that. Um, I listen to it when I work out in my garage. But uh, Kanye, you know, uh, he's lived a crazy life and, uh, and he had this very powerful conversion to Jesus. That I think a lot of people didn't believe or still don't believe because he also struggles with uh, mental illness and has just a lot of craziness in his life. And so it's like, is it possible that he's even really a Christian? You know. And then he puts out this album, and 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 one of the one of the tracks on the album he says, uh, "Christians be the first ones to judge me, make me feel like nobody loves me." And I, I hear that every time I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, it's so true because I judged him. I judged him uh, up until the point where our friend, a friend of uh, Thierry Neuva, Gilles, uh, who teaches for us sometimes for France, Gilles Gilles posted something on Facebook where he said, everybody's judging Kanye, but when's the last time you did something that proclaimed to the whole world that Jesus is king? And I was like, wow, that shut me up really fast. (laughs) Like whatever's going on there, it's not mine to judge. And he's trying to proclaim the goodness of God. So, but all that's to say is that, that uh, Christians are often the first ones to judge. Why do you you think that is, Lorinda?
2: So I, um, that question is, was really um, hard for me because um, I know that Christians judge, I've had that experience in my own life but um, I really couldn't come up with an answer and so I meditated about it I prayed about it like why what is going on with that and so what I came up with is um, my experience um, with going to different churches and things and you know like um, one church that I knew about um, the people had made a decision that um, all women who come to church no longer can wear slacks, they can wear dresses only. And I thought, gee, that just doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like what God is telling us. Like there's gotta be some kind of a disconnection there. Um, um, Another one is when my daughter was, I don't know, eight or nine, 10 years old, um, she really expressed that she wanted to go to uh, Sunday school and so at the time my husband and i talked about it and said you know that that's a good thing so we went church hunting and we had gone to this church and they um welcomed us at the door and um they took heather off into sunday school and my husband and i went into the um where all the adults were to worship and five or ten minutes into worship um heather came in there and went we're out of here. Let's go. And I'm like, oh my God. She was quite boisterous. And so my husband goes, let's go. I don't know. I don't want her to make a scene, you know? So we left the church. And of course, the first thing that we asked was like, why did you want to go? Like, what happened in there? And she said, Well, everybody was talking about Republicans, and I know that you and Daddy are Democrats. And so I just knew it wasn't the church for us. So I just got packed up and said, let's go. And I thought, oh my gosh. So, you know, the, I don't know, like that's that part of judgment with Christians. I believe that maybe a lot of Christians who feel that they're walking in God's path and that the decisions that they make are coming from God, maybe, and that's why I think things get really convoluted in some churches was um, the answer that I came up with, so.
0: Yeah, thanks, Lorinda. That's that's such a, I think, a key point that um, obviously we have a very strong belief uh, that Jesus is risen, that he is king, that he is Lord, that he's living in us. Uh, he's calling us to a certain way of life um, that culminates in the kingdom. And, uh, and yet uh, we often attach other parts of our life to that as though those are also what the kingdom is about. We attach our politics to that, we attach our economics to that, we attach racial issues to that. And like Lorinda was saying, she grew up in a home uh, where uh, the atmosphere was one of judging other people. And so if, if all of that stuff is going on in us, along with uh, following Jesus, then, then often we just bring all that along and, and sort of baptize it all and say that's all Christianity, uh, when it's not. Uh, I also think that we, um, as Christians, um, often we, we focus on behavior uh, rather than what's going on in our hearts. And I think this is what Jesus is really getting at here uh, with the Sermon on the Mount. So chapter 7 of Matthew is the third chapter of three chapters that we call the Sermon on the Mount, which simply means Jesus went up on a mount. he went up on a mountain, he sat down, the crowds came to him, his disciples sat around him, and he began to teach. And, and a, a number of the things that he addressed were things that uh, where the Jewish law talked about behavior. Uh, and Jesus was, said, That's, it's, not, it's not enough to talk about behavior. We need to talk about what's going on in our hearts. So, for example, earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about, uh, you've heard it said, thou shalt not murder. But I tell you that if you've harbored anger in your heart against your brother, or if you've called him a fool in your heart, like you're like, hocking up spit to spit on him, like you've actually murdered him in your heart. And then then later he says, you know, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Don't don't have sexual relations with someone you're not married to. And he said, but but let me tell you this, if you've actually lusted in your heart towards someone that you're not married to, you've committed adultery in your heart. So so he's really exposing heart issues. And this is what Jesus is getting at in the sermon on the mount and and really in, in each one of us, uh, when it comes to judgment, so um, what is it then that uh, that happens when we judge? So, so what happens is 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 we take a measurement of someone else, and then we point the finger at them as being um, we, we want to measure ourselves somewhere better than them, uh, and 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 we do this right. We're pointing at them, and and the Bible says that. Uh, the enemy of God and the enemy of God's people is called the devil. And one of the names for the devil in Scripture is the accuser. The accuser is the prosecuting attorney. The accuser is the one that stands and points the finger and said, you did this, you are this, you're no good, and, and comes really stands in the place of judgment. And so the thing is, is when we when we're judging, We're doing the same thing that the enemy is doing. We're actually standing in agreement with the devil. Just think about that. How crazy is that? That somehow, uh, in doing something to make myself feel better, to take control back, to take power back, I'm actually operating in agreement with the devil. So so what do we do about that? Jesus says, don't judge unless you want to be judged. Because the same measure that you use to judge is going to be the measure that, that is used to judge you. So it's interesting that when we point the finger, I don't know if anybody ever said this to you when you were younger, but when you point the finger, what, what's happening with these three fingers are pointing back at me. So whatever, whatever finger I'm using to point, whatever judgment I'm using, Jesus is saying it's actually going to come back to you. You're going to, Whatever you sow you're gonna reap, it's gonna come back to you. But but why why does Jesus say that we shouldn't judge? Any
2: thoughts on that, Lorenda? Why? Yeah. Wow. Um so as a lot of you know, I'm in recovery and my addiction was drugs and alcohol and I lived in that lifestyle for many, many years. So I believe that my brain has kind of been broken, um, and it has taken on these deep ridges of judgment, control, manipulation, dishonesty, other addictions, uh, fear, all of that stuff. Um, and I know, like, what Pastor Mike was talking about, pointing the finger, um, you know, in recovery, I have a sponsor, and I had a conversation with her probably no more than two weeks ago. And every other thing out of my mouth was, you know, and she did this and, you know, so-and-so's doing that and I, you know, I can't control this. And so what she did is she had me go back to the fourth step and write down, um, and for a lot of people that don't understand the 12 steps and all of that, it's really... um, a reintroduction to God and to Jesus, because when you're using drugs and alcohol, you're obviously not connected to God. um, And sometimes you blame God. And so um, we have to kind of get our brains back on track in regards to healing and being in recovery. So part of the fourth step is I have to write down who I'm mad at. I have to write down what they did to me, I have to write down how it affected me, and I have to write down what my part was. Um, And then it goes on where my fear column two, what was I really scared of? And it always boils down to my fear is that I won't have a connection with God and I will die alone. But all of those columns help me to understand what my character defects are and um, Today, when I start to judge or get angry, I can ask God to remove that, to remove my character defects, because, you know, I am human, and I do make mistakes on a daily basis. And it real, I mean, the connection of the 12 steps and the connection with my relationship with God and the Bible just helps me to heal. And... I don't know if I answered that question right, but um, I'm just grateful that you know I have the ability, and I have people in my life who help me along that path.
0: Well, you did jump jump ahead by one question, oh. but but we will come back to that. Okay. Thanks, Lorinda. Yeah. Um, so, you are. Yeah. So, Jesus Jesus uses sort of this extreme example. So the first first reason he tells us not to judge is because it's going to come back on us. But the second one is he says, you know, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye uh, when there's a big old log in your own eye? Um, Deal with the log in your own eye. He says basically for us to uh, focus on what's going on. If I'm focusing on something that I perceive as being worthy of judgment or a flaw in Lorinda, I'm not looking at myself, and and really, Jesus. The the main point of this this parable, this this teaching, is do your work. So so that is actually part of Lorinda's answer there, which was work the steps, like do the work that you need to do to deal with your own log in your own eye, uh, because until you do that, uh, you can't actually uh, do the do the other thing, which is then then come with the, with help with the speck right? That, that, uh, once you've done that work, when you're so aware of a log in your own eye and that there's actually work that I've got to do, then, then when I, when I come to my brother or my sister, it's really going to be from a place of humility, knowing that our own flaws, knowing our own brokenness, knowing our own capacity to get it wrong, but coming out of a place of care, you know, it, it, uh, Jesus does say, like, it's not, it's not absolutely prohibitive. He says don't judge, but he does say, you know, there, there may come a point when you can help deal with the speck that's in your brother's eye. You know, in, in um, John seven twenty four, Jesus says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Um, but I, I can't judge with righteous judgment as long as I haven't dealt with the log in my own eye. And even the word judge there means, like, pass sentence on. Like, he's telling us, don't pass sentence on anybody, but help one another. Help one another. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, Lorinda, you started with it there, but uh, what's the antidote? What's the antidote to judging?
2: Well... Um, I think the antidote is, you know, to recognize, to listen to God, to understand Jesus, to know that judging is not of spiritual growth, so you're blocked, and when you're blocked, you can't really hear the message, Um, and, you know, that's, um, and I pray for heavenly intervention is what helps me the most, um, because I know I can't do it on my own. And sometimes I know that thoughts come into my head and they aren't godly. So um, the antidote, I think, is to stay connected with God and just do your daily prayers and to listen to him. And um, the three things that I found out of this passage that Jesus wants us to know, Is that judging others blocks you from spiritual growth, seeking heavenly intervention, and do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. And I know that when both my kids were growing up and they complained about this and that, you know, um, one of the sayings that I always used is, why don't you clean up your own backyard before you start on somebody else's? And I think that's kind of similar to that. So, yeah. Yeah oh yeah oh yeah come on come on back so so in my um passage somewhere along the line it's used the word discernment and i thought okay i'm really going to make pastor mike proud of me because i'm going to look up this word to find out what it means and um so let me see here yeah, the,
0: que- the question was, what's the difference between judging and discerning?
2: Okay. And so um, I had to look up discernment and um, Apostle Paul talks about the gift of discerning of spirits in Corinthians, the gift of discerning. So I think that discernment is like, isn't it like the convoluted piece? It's Okay, anyway. You had
0: something written. You said
2: it earlier. Um, I know I'm kind of nervous. But I found this cool prayer for discernment. And it says Dear God, please guide my steps not to seek counsel from ungodly people. Assist me to seek godly counselors who may guide my into making right decisions. Help me to. Pray fully, consider any counsel before I take an action. Do not let me rush into judgment and regret afterward. So I thought that was kind of cool that Jesus doesn't want anybody to condemn others because there is only one judge. And I think that even Tupac said that, that there's only one judge and that's God. All right, we got Kanye West
0: and Tupac in in that sermon. <laughs> in the same I love it. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I think that's such an important point about discernment being something that comes from the Spirit, um, because judgment comes from unhealed, broken, sinful places in us, and uh, discernment's always going to come with humility, uh, in a desire to restore. Um, I also really loved Lorinda what you said about um, that judgment blocks our relationship with God. And it really does. It really does. Um, we can't. We can't hear from him if all we're doing is listening to our own, um, our own thoughts about things. So, uh, just to wrap this up, um, one of the, the the passages that we often go to as sort of the end of a sermon is Psalm 139. Uh, and and in that psalm, there's a point where where King David is. Uh, speaking a lot of judgment against people that he perceives to be God's enemies. Don't I hate them with a godly hatred? You know, and he just, he's really like pouring out this very vindictive stuff. But then he stops himself and he says, search me, O God, and know my thoughts. Test me and know my anxious heart. You know, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so part of part of the antidote, I think, Uh, is, is like, Holy Spirit, you need to search us. You need to help us do the work. You need to point out the log in our own eye. Let's not even worry about the speck in our brother or sister's eyes. Let's just worry about our own logs right now. And so let's just do that. Just just let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show us. So Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us. Thank you that you always are moving us toward life, that even when you convict us, it's because you want to heal us. It's never to shame us or condemn us, it's always to move us towards life. So we we invite you, Holy Spirit, right now to show us a place of judgment in our heart toward another so that we can confess it and repent of it. As we do that, Lord, we, we know that you are the only righteous judge, Jesus. You tell us um, that we should judge with righteous judgment, but we, we know that you're the only righteous judge. You're the only trustworthy, just judge. And we, we repent of getting up on the seat that belongs to you, the judgment seat. So we climb down off of that, Lord, and ask you to take your rightful place there. And Lord, as we've uh, confessed in our hearts and repented of judgment towards an individual, would you give us a, a blessing for them? How would you have us speak blessing over them right now in our hearts? And Go ahead and just speak that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you're doing in us, and we invite you to continue this work because we've got a lot of this stuff going on in us. We, uh, we thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.